Today, we're talking with Steve Cody, founder of Ruckify, the world's largest online peer-to-peer rental marketplace that empowers members to embrace the sharing economy and leave unnecessary purchases behind. Find out how a tech startup realized they could go the extra mile and plant a frickin' tree for every transaction and how in the very near future, you can make more money renting your car to someone versus driving it for Uber or Lyft. Okay, great. Um, yeah, we're, we got a really cool guest on today, and it is all around Ruckify. Let's Ruckify. That's what, that's what they say. Hashtag, let's Ruckify. Basically, it is a peer-to-peer rental marketplace, buying less, experiencing more, founded in Ottawa, Canada. In 2018, with a dream to change the world, Ruckify's Rent Anything Marketplace provides an accessible platform for everyone to use. Having built driving technology and forward-thinking leaders, Ruckify has paved the way for peer-to-peer sharing in building and established communities. And at the end here, the quote is amazing. It says, we are passionate about giving everyone the opportunity to start their own rental business through the Ruckify app while helping the environment. Renting instead of buying helps lower our carbon footprint, and we believe that the sharing economy, that's what they're calling it, sharing slash or dash economy, will ultimately have a profound positive impact on our planet. And that's from Ruckify founder Steve Cody, who we're talking to today. Michael, are you excited? I'm very excited because I, I think it's, you know, people hear, oh, you know, a rental company, you know, great. How does that affect me? But, and, and, you know, it does. This, this is exactly the kind of thing that, you know, you and myself and, and Jess have been talking about things like, Hey, you know, there should be a, some place where if you're throwing a party, you could get all the plates and glasses and stuff and everything and not have to, and decorations and not have to buy everything for every themed party you have. Yeah. You know, we were trying to figure that out at one point. Oh my so God. So now I see you. I see a place for us as, as, you know, for our Zero Waste Nashville group, maybe we can put yes. some kids together. If somebody wants to have a tiki party, there's a whole tiki party package you can rent. Holy crap, this is amazing. Jess and I were literally just talking about this the other day because I was like, are we crazy for every, I was passing a, a park the other day and they were setting up for like, I don't know, a baby shower probably. And there were balloons and you could see all the matching crap all over the table. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I was excited for them. I was like, yay, a baby. And then I was like, why is there so much shit out there? Like, oh my God, they're going to use it for one day. They're going to use it for two hours max. And then it's all going to go in the trash. Like no one's saving that. I mean, I would, I'd be saving it if that, if I was going to use some stuff like that, but this is an opportunity to rent stuff like that. Yeah, it's awesome. And, 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 you know, it's funny because we've seen some rental stuff like that for, uh, especially since the pandemic started. I don't know if you've seen them in the yards. There's those giant signs of, you know, they're carved out of wood and they're painted and they have all the decorations and everything. You know, congratulations, graduate or happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those in people's yards? Yes, I have. That's a rental service too. So you rent those and they go out and they deliver it and put them in the yard and uh, and pick them up when they're done so that people aren't just making banners and hanging signs and yeah. using balloons and stuff every time. So I, I think this this whole idea of rental economy and, and sharing peer to economy peer. and get, 
and peer-to-peer and gig economy all mixing together because you can make this your job. Yeah. So I, I, I watched one of their webinars and they talk about this woman uh, who had a, uh, I forgot what kind of business she had, but they had, they ended up having a bunch of things in their garage and things from their business and the business shut down because of COVID and they just started renting everything out on Ruckify. And she's making $4,000 a month renting the stuff that she had no shit. to run her business with. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you save the planet. And then one thing we didn't talk about is they plant a tree for every transaction and That's every sign cool. up. Yep. So mm-hmm. you're doing all of that and you're making money. And uh, on, on this That's webinar, the cool they actually part. did a, yeah, they did a comparison towards if you're renting your stuff out, because you make 90% of the rental. Uh, Ruckify takes 10% and it's and, and you can buy insurance for 10%. There's, there, I'm sure they'll talk about it. If not, we'll feature it. In I wonder the, how they ensure the, the quality of everything though, you know? Um, they, 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 it's just like a lot of stuff. They do the background checks and we'll, we can ask them a little bit, but there's, they, they go into a lot of it. They said right now, 6% of applicants are rejected because they're not qualified to rent, but they, you can have insurance. They vet people, you know, and the more people that do it, there's peer to peer ratings and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but they're okay, the doing a comparison so towards, yeah, they're, they're doing comparison between what you make renting out yourself in your car as like an Uber or Lyft driver after all your expenses, which is all those numbers are coming back and it's not very much. You're making b- way below minimum wage to do that compared to how much you make when, just to rent your stuff out. And they're talking about adding cars to the rental thing so you can rent your own vehicle out. <laughs> and so then it's like, well, you're going to make more money renting your vehicle out than if you're renting it and driving it for Uber. So or someone Lyft. can potentially rent your car to do Uber? Yeah, they do RVs right now. They bought an RV rental program, Ruckify did. So they've rolled that into it and they're planning to, to do cars as well. I am. Uh, which isn't so, what okay, we're so really was... talking about today, but that's interesting, huh? Yeah. What was that last thing you said? You were saying gig to gig market? A, a, a gig economy. The gig a economy gig, means, okay. yeah, that's like if you're Uber, Lyft driver, or delivery person, you're, you're doing the gig economy. You don't have a job that has oh. benefits. You're out there on your own answering to an algorithm, picking yep. up, you know, hourly income. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing that, you know, people may not care. You know, they may be sitting at home and go, I don't know why I care about the environment because... I just am not in that place in my life, but it's like, oh, we're, we don't have a lot of work during the pandemic and things being shut down, but I can mm-hmm. rent out stuff that I have. We all have stuff. Like some we of the things stuff. they did, they listed. Oh yeah. But some of the things they listed on there were like, oh wow. Yeah. Like I have a tall ladder because I have 17 foot ceilings and we have to change the batteries in the, in the, in the, uh, smoke detectors. Right. And, uh, so that, that happens once a year. I need that ladder. The rest of the year it's under the house. And right. they, ta- they specifically talked about in their webinar um, about the digging the, the bauxite and the materials up to make an aluminum ladder, shipping them to China where the ladder gets made, then it gets boxed up and packaged and shipped over here to a, to a Home Depot or wherever, and you buy it mm. and you use it once a month. And the, the environment, or once, or once a year, a year. The environment, yeah, the environmental impact for that ladder was huge. Mm-hmm. And so why should everybody buy the ladder to use once a year or twice a year if you clean gutters or whatever? If we can share it. it That's right. Rent it out. Okay, top posted so, rentals in Nashville. We've got Slushy Machine. We've got <laughs> 2000 <course>. Lumen Digital. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, Michael, oh, that, you that, need that. Wait, the Slushy Machine is, uh, owner is Margarita Mac Rentals. So. That's right, man. <laughs> I could say, it's like... 
I, we need our own margarita parties at home. I want my slushy. So. You need this. Um, that's for your next party, which will be in like seven years after the vaccine is put out. Um, there's right. a popcorn machine. There's a frozen bounce house for all the kiddos. You can even rent a carousel game. Okay, this is like an actual like cart like carnival ride you can rent out, which is amazing. Um, I mean, that, that's one of the things. So at, on their launch, and especially now, it really helped. You know, they were like you know, talk like we did with our our uh, our launch for uh, uh, reusable takeout containers, and the COVID tornado and COVID everything threw it in, and we switched mm -hmm. to podcasting right now they were launching at the same time this year they're supposed to, they're supposed to launch here in nashville in march and it, it all got pushed uh, and they've been doing a soft launch but one of the things that they keep uh, that they're having a great deal of success with is um is experience packages so you can rent a blow-up outdoor drive-in screen and a and a digital projector and popcorn machine and all of that and your family can sit outside and have a drive-in oh, experience oh my god you know, movie, that is so movie cool nights. <gasps> yeah so, cool. so you can instead of buying all that you can just go do it and so i started looking at what i have and it's like i could like crawling around into my house what can i rent <laughs> um I, I i bought a giant <laughs> blow-up swimming pool for a photo shoot and uh it's like it's in theory it's really cool but you gotta you gotta blow it up fill it up and then the mosquitoes get to it right away you have to cover it or put chemicals in it and mm -hmm. it's, then you have to drain it so I, mean, I thought I would use it during the pandemic and the heat to cool off, and we haven't used it. And I was like, I could, I could put that on the rental service. Somebody else might be willing to blow it up yeah. and use it. Big. I mean, it's huge. It probably you could twenty people could set in it. <laughs> That's how big it this is. This is so neat um, because of the peer to peer. I love that you can rent and make money, and it's still yours. And then you're sharing it with other people. They don't have to worry about it later. Oh, well, I wonder what the insurance would be on this kind of stuff. Because like your pool, like say somebody, you know, messed it up, popped it or like there was damage to it when he got it back. Some of the inflatables like. aren't insurable because they're inflatable because mm -hmm. of that. But some are like they, they do. They do recommend they do have insurance on like the blow up hot tubs. Um, but um, the insurance is 10 percent of the of the rental fee and they base they they recommend basing the rental fee by the way on 10 percent of the item's value so if you mm. rent something out 10 times you paid for it so if it rents out 20 30 mm. times you're making money on that a lot mm -hmm. um but i think that uh some things you rent out and you're like yeah if, if it's a blow up pool that's in my basement it's like uh, whatever if it doesn't come back but other things like if we were to rent out our podcasting microphones which we would have done early on instead of buying things right. I would have been happy to test some microphones and find out what we wanted. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we would have done that. I did look on there and there are microphone rentals. Of course, this is Nashville. There's going to be a ton of microphones and, and ton. eventually yeah. a musical instrument. You have amps and things like that, guitar amps and, and musical instruments and PA system yeah. stuff, right? You have some of that What's stuff funny, that's I sitting actually, there when you're busy. I actually have my friend's electric guitar and amp. Ryan Geddes, if you're listening to this, he does listen to our, our podcast. He actually asked me to hold on to this for him because he's moving and he knew that I wanted to play an electric guitar every once in a while. So I could have, he could have rented this out. I hate to say it because it's in my house and I want to use it, but he can rent it out. That's such a neat idea. I bet there's tons of things Maybe that he you can rent can. out. You can rent oh, it out yeah. for him when you're not using it. That's the thing is you can just time it and block your time out for when you want to use it. It's like if, if you use something once a week, then rent it out the rest of the week. Hey, Geddes, you right? want me to make some money for you? Off, uh, there you go. That's, a, that's a conversation to have. 
So yeah, I think it's a really it's you're you're not con not being a consumer, not having to buy everything. And I think what what it would do is if you bought solid dependable items and maybe some people can spend a little more money to get get the a better something with a better warranty and a better uh, build quality, you know, that's typically a little more expensive knowing they're going to make some money on rentals. So then it becomes a forever piece that they have instead of some buying something disposable to fill the gap, right? So you can just mm -hmm. go out and rent something. You can buy something and then know you can rent it to have extra income covering the cost. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, Jess and I talk about this. She buys everything used and will will like dig through shops and look through things. I typically will find uh, manufacturers that have lifetime warranties or that have items that cost more and are made well and made environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going to own those pieces forever. I buy yeah. for the long term. Um, and that right. would help me in rentals. Well, also my photography gear. I have a closet full of photo and video gear. And I thought, well, there's probably plenty of people that would like to be doing using my ring light and iPhone tripod to do, you know, video conferencing or mm -hmm. Instagram videos. Yeah. And it's sitting in the closet because I'm not really working right now. Right. There's a lot of people like you out there. And I and I have those thoughts, too, when I'm buying There's no things. one like me. There's there's no one like me. <laughs> Sorry. Let Sorry. me rephrase. There are people that aspire to be like you, Michael. No. Um, you no, know what I meant. Um, yes. I'm just trying to think of what I could rent. I'm not sure what I could rent in my room or in my house. I don't have... Really have a lot of well, cool stuff. I, I, I bet we could find <laughs> stuff in there. You have you have a lot of stuff. You do have stuff. Uh, what about? I have a lot of so hand-me-down stuff. That Every me, all the furniture. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say all the furniture in my house is given to me, and like stuff stuff that I have in my house is all hand-me-downs. But anyway, go on. Sorry. No, um, I, I was thinking that I I often have these fantasies that I'm gonna go camping, even though Cheryl's not a camper. And there are times where even you know in this. This last week, I was down helping with the hurricane relief, and I could have used some a sleeping. I, I took a blow, a queen size blow up mattress because that's all mm -hmm. I have here at the house. It would have been much more practical to bring a sleeping pad and a sleeping blanket. I mean, and a, a sleeping bag. But right. I've I've been reluctant to buy that, thinking I'm only going to use that once every couple of years. So I can't right. go out and buy something new. Same. I don't want to collect stuff. Yeah. So now I'm like, hmm. I can either buy what I need and rent it out, or even better, find a rental of one and just become a regular renter of that. Yeah, I actually have the same, I was thinking the same thing. I've not ever bitten the bullet to get a, a heavy-duty sleeping bag or, or um, tent, because I know I can borrow my friend's stuff, too, but usually we're going together, because those are the people that want to camp and hike, too, so... I had thought about buying those things and I never quite got, you know, got to do it. And now I'm glad I didn't because there's stuff like Ruckify. There's a company like Ruckify that you can rent those things and not have to store it. Because I have a tiny little apartment also. Where am I going to put all that crap? I already, I'm already right. stressing to for the things I already have, like to find places right now. So that would be well, nice. Think about, think about you know there there are people i could borrow i could borrow from my next door neighbors they have camping gear you feel like it's such an imposition but if i could say hey put that on ruckify and that way I'll, I'll rent it from you guys and i don't have to feel bad they make money i can use their gear i'm perfectly happy to pay the money but if you just go to a friend and go hey i'll give you twenty dollars to use a sleeping bag they'd be like no no don't take it but if you set up a mechanism for that they feel better about lending it or renting it to you and you feel better about asking True. for it right 
and you're and you're responsible yeah, for it. You're a little more responsible for mm -hmm. it, which I like because yeah. I am. I think I pride on myself that I take really good care of my stuff. I also take really good mm -hmm. care of all my friends' things. If I borrow something from you, I am watching it. I am making sure that it is good, that it's not getting the crap kicked out of it. And that's not usually always the case when I let my friends borrow my stuff. <laughs> like, right. I might not get it back in the same shape or, you know, they're not as OCD about it as I am. Whereas I'm like, hey, that's not mine. You guys got to be careful with that. And that's just, I think that's my mother coming out of me. Thanks, mom. Well, I think there's going to be a risk and things may deteriorate a little more. Like I, I thought about renting out some of my digital cameras. I know that from cameras and lenses that are rental agencies have to be repaired all the time. So you kind of have to build that price into it to have, yeah. you know, to have them maintained to the level that I, I would like to use them at. But okay. I think I think there's ways to do that through this through this uh, Ruckify. Uh, you know, the other thing we haven't talked about is the they offer it's pickups, local pickups, or you can also have a delivery service. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they just they use a lot of. Uh, Uber and Lyft Uber, drivers to Uber pick and things up. And, yeah, that and was my next question you. because mm -hmm. you have to go and get it. You got to go get it or you don't. You go get it for free or you pay a little bit to pick up. And it wasn't actually the pickup fees don't. Or delivery. Uh, pick up and delivery. Delivery fees don't look to be too, didn't look too bad. Especially when you're talking, their, you know, kayaks and things like that. They'll deliver those for you. They've really thought of everything, huh? Um, and they really did. I think that's where having a VC capital, you know, like these, like, like Steve that we're going to talk to and the, their experience at running and creating big, uh, you know, corporations and, and being successful at this, they're putting they that behind this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great because I, I was a member of something like this. I think it was in 2008 when I lived in Pasadena and mm -hmm. I signed up for this community rental program. And I, I think it wasn't, I don't know if it was an app or if it was a website, but, uh, I remember there was nothing ever on it that I needed. And so that was my first initial thought was I've been through this before and it didn't like take hold. But, you know, a lot of things didn't take hold back then. They had grocery delivery, the two big grocery delivery companies back in, you know, the uh, 2007, 2008, they all crashed and burned. And, and now if they were going, they, if they could have made it to now, they would have been, you know, making bank. So a lot of things may have been ahead of their time back then. And I right. feel like this is a good time. And I went on and looked and there was stuff immediately that I could rent. I was like, oh. Wow. I need to be buying There's stock on, in, Ru in Ruckify. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I'm going to put that on my to-do list. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap up because we're going to have Steve Cody on in just a minute, and we want to save some of the exciting conversation for him. <laughs> yeah, people don't want to just hear us do our banter, I don't think. <laughs> I think I think they do. I think they like it. But anyway, yeah. Well, Closing they can tell out. us. You got... You, they can email us and or tell us if they like our banter, by the way. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Leave us a message. Slide in the DMs. Hey, Zero Waste Squad. We're going to take a minute and run an ad for a company that we love, Compost Nashville. Composting doesn't have to be complicated, messy, or even time-consuming. Compost Nashville can set you up with a lidded bucket to store all of your food scraps and compostable materials that gets picked up once a week from your doorstep. It's that easy. By signing up, you're not only diverting 30% of trash that would normally go into the landfill, but you're also getting finished compost to use in your own yard twice a year. Not into gardening? No problem. Compost Nashville lets you donate your finished compost to a local farm or community garden. Last year, your fellow Nashvilleians used this service to divert 730 tons from the landfill. 
This 1.5 million pounds of compost removed over 1,400 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions from the air. That's like taking 3,687 cars off the road. Use the code TRASHTALK for 50% off your first month when you sign up at compostnashville.org. And today we are so honored to have Mr. Steve Cody on our podcast today. The man behind Ruckify, well, one of the two, right? Bruce Linton is not with us today, but we're uh, we're going to represent him strongly. And my name's Maris, and this is Zero Waste Trash Talk. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me on. And that's Michael Brandt. Right. We'll start off with just talking about you, Steve. Um, I read your bio. I saw that you've been an entrepreneur since you were like, you know, three, and you decided to like, bump. you're like, no, high school's... I'm already done with high school. I'm 13 or whatever. <laughs> I've already got five businesses. So tell us a little bit about how that all started and and um, how you became, where, you know, where you're at. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for having me on. Um, I, you know, I grew up with a single mom and uh, she cleaned houses for a living. So she was uh, self-employed and didn't work for anybody else. And uh, I would go along with her to clean houses when I was really young before school. Um, went to school. Uh, you know, my grandfather was, uh, he really felt I'd be going to university. He early on, he started uh, putting $10 a month in a bank account for me so that, you know, by the time I got old enough to go to university, there'd be some money sitting there for me to go to university. And uh, I was it wasn't a thing back then, but I was very dyslexic dyslexic at school. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't even realize it then, uh, but I had a hard time at school. So, you know, by grade 10, um, went to my grandfather and there was $1,200 that had been built up in the bank at that time. So I asked him, I said, you know, uh, can I take that money out? And I want to start a window cleaning company. So I need to buy a, basically a ladder, a squeegee and a bucket. And, uh, and he let me do that. So that was kind of how my entrepreneurial journey started out. It was, it wasn't really from my perspective, it wasn't really seen as an entrepreneurial journey. It was just, I needed to make money and that was a good way to make money. Wow. That's uh, it, it, that's interesting that you had to take the if you hadn't had that pool of money there, uh, it, it tying back to what you're doing now. If if a young person was wanting to start something, you could rent the equipment to get started. Where if they didn't have the twelve hundred dollars, I know that that's that's definitely a thing for a lot of businesses as people try to get started. They don't have the startup capital. Uh, yeah. And one of the one of the interesting stories that I'd heard on. One of some other podcasts about a guy that started this uh, zero waste hauling company that's turned into these big giant clearing houses for you know selling used goods, and he started by renting a pickup truck and hauling stuff around. And I think uh, a lot of people think, oh, I've got to have a million dollars in. What company uh, is that? Oh, don't I don't I don't have that in my, on the top of my head. So, uh, but but a lot of people think, oh, I've got to have a million dollars to start a company or, or six months of income in my back pocket. And when reality, you could rent something and get going. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a story last week. We did a webinar and somebody got a hold of me before the webinar. And a lady lives in a community, 30,000 people, so relatively small. Her husband had lost his business because of COVID. And we were looking for stories to share during the webinar and hers had come up. And she told me, she said, uh, 
her first 90 days on Ruckify, she made $9,000. And she said she had the husband, wife, two kids. Yeah. yeah. My first kind of reaction was, well, okay, well, how much money did you have to spend to do that? And uh, she said, well, you know, actually, I, I really didn't spend a lot. She said uh, they rented a lot of SUP boards. Um, they, they're a family of four, husband, wife, two kids. So they have four SUP boards. So they went to Costco, bought a fifth one. That's the only money she had to spend. Uh, you know, she rented out a tent and a whole bunch of other things, but there you go. Like, it, you know, she didn't need money to get started. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so Ruckify, the whole idea is you can make money by renting out your stuff or you can go on and rent stuff from other people. And you're not only helping the share economy that, that you called it, which we absolutely love and prom will promote that till the, till the end of time. We should all share what we've got, the resources at hand. But you can make money or you can save some money and, and save trees. space yeah. if you want to get on Ruckify. Yeah, and plant trees. Where did that idea come from? Uh, well, I love that was that. when we were starting the company. Uh, you know, we were going through building the software and doing different things, and then uh, our brand director, which is actually my daughter, Paige, she called me up one night and uh, she's like, "Dad, do you do you I know because we didn't the the environmental impact hadn't really been thought about when we started Ruckify, and she's like, "Do you know there's more TVs in a house than there are people? And you know, you know." RVs are only utilized 3% of the time. And, you know, so she gave me all these numbers and she's like, do you know the impact we're going to have on the environment? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. She says, you know, we have to plant a tree every time somebody has a booking or every time somebody signs up. And I'm like, no, that's a crazy idea. That sounds like a real pain. Cause like at that point I'm picturing myself going out planting trees <laughs> and I'm like, but you know, so we had, a little bit of an argument over it. And then I got off the phone and my wife's like, well, what was that about? And I said, oh, Paige had this crazy idea that we, you know, we should plant a tree every time we have a transaction. And my, like, she's like, oh my God, that's an amazing idea. So I had to get back on the phone and, and that's kind of how it started. And, you know, uh, so it was kind of an innocent. Good job, yeah. Paige. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, now it's become a real thing and we can see just how passionate, like, well, the lady uh, that I talked about last week, I think she's planted 326 trees. And when I talked to her, the one that made $9,000, that's what she led with. She didn't lead with that she made $9,000. She led with how many trees she had planted. So, you know, and it, and we've taken it further wow. where planting the tree is just a symbol of the impact you can have on the environment. So we've commissioned uh, a PhD in Austin an environmentalist um, to build us a model in terms of how much impact our, our community can have by sharing so that we can really start to quantify the impact. And we think, you know, when we really get going with Ruckify and we're global, uh, we think we can be one of the five top global disruptors uh, in terms of having a positive impact on the environment. I mean, sharing is very powerful. Yeah, this is, this is why... This is why we wanted to be involved with you guys, and we're very interested in this uh, project because we have we have our friend, and one of our podcasts was about uh, a zero waste store, and up on her board is how many plastic bottles that she keeps out of the landfill. And nice. if you guys start having those kind of numbers of how much CO two is out of the atmosphere and how many how many natural resources are kept in the ground, I mean that's that's really huge. And you it's, want to quantify it because then you're able to, yeah. to let people know. And then, you know, a tree is good and it's symbolic uh, and it does mean something. 
but there's, you know, you, if you buy an RV and you start sharing the RV, I mean, that's very powerful, you know, share your ladder, you know, just the impact of a ladder. Yeah. You, you've got some, uh, really cool stats here. Renting a thousand paddle boards saves the same amount of energy it would take to drive to the moon. Renting one RV instead of buying one saves the amount of energy it would take to drive around the planet. The average household plants 25 trees. They would be neutral, net neutral energy yep. for an entire year. And that's available through your tree project. So you're, you're, you know, I want to say killing a bird with two stones. You're, you're making all the birds live with one stone. <laughs> Better analogy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and I think that there, there's a disconnect that I think a lot of people don't realize is that the, say, let's just take an electric car. You talked about RVs, but an electric car, I would love to buy an electric car. You know, my, I'm, I'm pretty, we're minimalist and pretty frugal. I have a 2012 for, uh, Subaru Forester. We will drive that until you no longer could drive it and, and keep it up. And I, I had my last car for 17 years. Uh, and the, the big reason that I, as an environmentalist, am not driving an electric car right now is because this one still functions and it's something, uh, maybe you can give me the exact stat, but it's like something like 90% of the impact of, of a car isn't the driving it around. It's the production of it. Yeah. And, and that's kind of an interesting segue. So my car is a little older. It's a Kia Soul 2010 and my partner, Bruce, his car's older than mine. So we, we, we like to joke around like who's got the oldest car. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, uh, but Bruce is starting a, um, he just set up a SPAC $150 million listing on NASDAQ and it's all about bringing hemp production. Uh, they use hemp, uh, for a lot of manufacturing in Europe, and he's bringing that to North America for exactly the reasons you're talking about. Uh, I mean, I, there, I think there's some BMWs where 30% of the cars use, 30% uh, of the car uses hemp, uh, wow. you know, in making it. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very popular in Europe, and Bruce is trying to bring it over here so that it can have a, a very positive impact on the environment. That's that's interesting for this region because Tennessee and Kentucky, up up through World War II, were where all of the hemp production it was grown, all the ropes, all the sails, everything was made. It was a huge industry here that just vanished and went away, and they're they're trying to slowly start that back up with all these, you know, confusing marijuana laws and and all of that. How it's all lumped in together, but uh, I think hemp production is. Interesting segue there that 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 is something interesting going on in the world and and, the, and important to this region I think our region yeah yeah and I mean Bruce I don't know if, how much you know about Bruce but he actually built the largest marijuana company in the world uh, Canopy Growth um, and he's Tweed turned, but now it's called Canopy Growth yeah exactly started out as Tweed uh, turned it into Canopy Growth uh, got five billion investment from. Uh, um, constellation. Uh, and so he's no longer with the company and he, he looked back and, you know, he, thinking about how he, he started really thinking about the impact he could have on the envi environment. So when he's bringing hemp to North America, it has nothing to do with the byproduct. It has more to do with the impact, uh, it can have on the environment and how it can be used in production. Nice. Yeah. Hemp can be used for, I mean, in addition to clothing, like I have my jeans and pants, the pants I'm wearing right now are hemp from Patagonia because they buy a lot of wow. uh, hemp. But yeah. uh, also we deal a lot, like we had an idea for a startup for reusable takeout container programs. And uh, you're look we're looking at all the materials because there's not a single material for any takeout container for any restaurant that's recyclable, that is getting recycled. 
either has food contamination on it, it's made of mixed plastics, even the compostable ones, most of 97% of the markets don't actually have industrial composting that takes food packaging. So nothing you take from a restaurant is recyclable. And uh, hemp can change some of that if you start making these materials out of out of hemp and and easily more sustainable, easy to grow materials. Then that could really start to move the needle on that. Yeah, and look, and now with everybody getting delivery of their food, the packaging—I mean, it's just unbelievable, right? So they try to get fancy with the packaging, but it can make you sick when you get the meal to see just all Mm -hmm. that packaging. I think that's part of, um, I mean, our mission as Zero Waste Trash Talk is to just disseminate information because a lot of people don't think in this way. They don't they don't think about anything that they don't have to think about because a lot of marketing and advertising has given us this idea that we can go out and buy things and we don't need to worry about it and just keep stacking it up and we'll just have more and more and more. And, and we don't think about what's happening actually happening, the resources that are coming out from the earth and that are not being replenished and how we're just taking things in the linear economy and throwing it away, which makes nobody happy in the end because it doesn't go anywhere. There is no away. That's the name of our first episode. It's pretty catchy, right? There yeah. is no away. How many times have you yeah. said, I'm going to throw yeah. that away? And I think COVID, <laughs> if you look at what's COVID done for the environment, I don't know about you guys, but when I look outside, I think the sky's a lot bluer. Um, you know, and I've talked to other people around the world and, you know, they say the exact same thing. And I think we're all starting to really appreciate a much bluer sky. So people, we feel at Ruckify and, and we hear the people saying it, they're just a lot more conscious about buying things. Like they really, they want to experience more and buy less. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and people are outside. I heard that roller skates, this is actually kind of crazy. Now I hear that <laughs> roller skates are sold out. Like you can't buy them anywhere. And l- luckily I have my rollerblades from like, you know, eight years ago, my $40 pair from sports authority. But, um, I think this is Ruckify is such an amazing concept because, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I'm 32 years old and I, and I thought, well, it's a great concept, but like, how are we going to convince people to start renting things versus buying new, especially my my generation, my age group that wants, they just want their own shit, to be honest. But if I thought about it now, now I thought about it and I, and I researched your, your company and your, in your website, it is really just so genius. You can, re- you can rent anything on there. You can rent anything. So you don't have to store it. You don't have to worry about, you know, a lot of people will move from state to state, country to country, whatever. And they have to get rid of all their stuff. It's like, man, this is such an answer to our prayers. If we just, if we and we can make money off of it too. That's the, the share economy that's, idea. That's the thing. Some people go, why do I care about the environment? And that's a tough, that's like being so far apart in the conversation. Where's the middle? But then you say, well, you can make money. And during this time where money is tight and jobs yeah, oh, and, and there's that, a light bulb. That, you know, <laughs> money is always a motivating factor. And why don't we build more uh, environmentally friendly houses? Yeah, yeah, it is the motivating act. You know, it is the motivation behind and, everything. And, 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 a, a big part of our mission really is to make renting easier than buying. And really, what we mean by that is, you know, maybe instead of buying a canoe because I want to go, you know, on a canoe trip down a river, why not have like ruckify? Why not ruckify a canoe? have Ruckify Express drop it off at the top of the river, canoe down the river, and have Ruckify Express pick it up at the end, right? So there's so many things we can do to make it easier than buying. And I think we're getting there. And when you talk about the environment, 
pre-COVID, um, I would say the environment was the biggest driver we had. And that's why, we, you know, Austin was one of the first cities we had set up in and Nashville um, uh, was because of the environment. Now we're getting people that are coming onto the platform because they need to make money. But as soon as they see that, you know, that how many trees they're starting to plant, because they can see that on their dashboard, I planted X amount of trees. That really turns on that light bulb. And it's like, wow, this is neat. And then, you know, you're coming at them from a different way. They weren't, they're not environmentalists. They don't really understand, but they sure do feel good about the impact they're having. So makes we, a difference. We, ca we call that the sustainability rabbit hole, because once you start, you make one change, you get rid of plastic bottles, you start not using plastic bags. And, and a lot of people say, oh, I want to make those changes. And they just think they're going to do this minimal thing. But you see, you feel better. You see the, the success that you're having. And then they want to know more. How else can I change my habits? What can I do? And, and, and we talk about how at yeah. an individual level, you're, we're not moving the needle for the world. But as a group and as a mass, right. if there's an ethics, a morality behind this that, that builds from those small actions that determine how we vote and how we do business, that starts moving the needle. And we talk a lot about how sustainable how sustainability is not just, it's sustaining your people too. And and we can see just from what you're doing, planting the trees, you have a referral program, people that sign up and refer people, you can make money that way. You're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're giving us initiative and an incentive. We actually have a code guys, zero waste trash talk is our code to get your first $35 off of your first rental. I mean, it shows when you care. Yeah, and if you use the code, yeah, use it to sign up. You get 35 ruck bucks in your account and you will instantly, will plant a tree on your behalf. So it's that easy today to plant a tree, literally. Wow. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, and it's free. It, <laughs> and it's, it's, free. it's Yeah, it's free. It's free to list. Like there's, yeah. there's no listing fees. There's no, so from like, I, I would have, I signed up and I wanted to open my own store. Uh, you know, I think I told you in the email, I got called down to do some hurricane relief. So my week has been, uh, uh crazy, but, uh, I plan on putting some of my photo gear on there. And we talked internally, uh, at our, with our zero waste group that we've said in the past, we want a place where if you're throwing a tiki party, you can rent everything for the tiki party and have non-disposable, high-quality, really cool yeah. decorations. Yeah. And uh, how do we make that happen so people quit using plastic? And I see that we can put up some some stores. So you you ruckify the the person renting keeps ninety percent of the rental, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we and call that the for us that's the owner. So the owner of the item, mm -hmm. they uh, they go through, they list their product uh, through the listing process. Uh, you can say whether you want your item insured for theft and damage or not. If you do want it insured, then uh, we keep twenty percent on a successful transaction. If you opt out of the insurance, then it's ten percent. And there's no other. So literally, it's you know you're only paying anything when you're when you're making money through a transaction. And, and you vet the people that are renting. And uh, and is there, there uh, since I haven't done it yet, I, I really would have liked to have these answered myself by doing it. But is there a rating system as well where people get ratings or is that not part yeah. of it? Yeah, like security is is very, very important to us. So about 6% of the people that try to get on the platform actually can't. Uh, so when you're signing up, 
there are some background checks that are being done automatically because we want to make sure there's we have good people on the platform. Uh, so that's happening right away. And then once you've completed a, a transaction, uh, you rate you know the other person and you rate the item. So then we're starting <coughs> starting to build some accountability um, into the process. Nice. And so of that 10% that, that Ruckify keeps and makes uh, for the sale, you have to pay for the credit card processing, which is usually what, like 3% or something? Yeah. yeah. And then you're also paying for the tree to be planted. Yep, exactly. So, so your whole business model is uh, we need everybody to do this and we're going to encourage everybody to do this. Yeah, it's, and, it's and, definitely, <clears throat> definitely a model built on volume. Sorry. And everybody gets something and everybody gets something from it. Everybody, everybody wins. I like that. The share economy and the peer to peer marketplace. I love, Absolutely. I love what that means. It's uh, I mean, I, 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 we didn't talk about, uh, you know, I told you how I got started in the window cleaning business, but throughout my career, I also built and sold uh, six different rental companies. Um, so for me, when Bruce and I started talking about Ruckify, uh, it was a way to kind of democratize uh, you know, that ability and just let other people, I always thought, you know, it draw, be, I come from rentals and we would rent out, you know, bobcats or scaffolding and party stuff. So depending on the business, but I'd always look around the house and say, boy, I wish I could rent that, you know, or whenever I bought something, I'm always thinking, mm -hmm. is that rentable? Uh, so anyway, so that's kind of, uh, you know, so it's, it's a real passion and dream for me to be able to offer this opportunity to everybody else. And in this time period, you know, Maris, you, yeah. you mentioned uh, moving and having to keep leaner, a leaner life. Uh, uh, I, I read an article the other day that that younger generations now are actually buying cheaper furniture consider and because they don't want to have to move it back and forth with them. So maybe renting higher quality furniture is 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 actually something that could be happening. Yeah. This program. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be adding in a uh, more of a subscription type of thing. So if you had something at your house, maybe it was an old couch or something like that, and you wanted to rent it out more on a long term basis, uh, you know, instead of renting it out, say, for $30 or $50 a week, you could say, I'll rent it out uh, minimum one year for $12 a month. Uh, so now you're earning residual income, uh, but you're also helping somebody that may not be in a position, you know, to be to, to pay what they'd normally have to pay for a couch. So. And they don't have to keep it if they don't want to. They get to have it for that amount of time and then be like, well, maybe I'm done with this, exactly. actually. And and I don't need it's, it. Or I'm gonna, instead of ending up you know, outside move. the dumpster of the apartment building, which a lot of couches do. Yeah. I spend a lot of time at the recycling center. Michael and I do. We have a really, really nice one right by our house. It's got everything pretty much. But, you know, every time I'm there, I just, <laughs> it's heartbreaking to see all the different things going into the dump, you know, just mattresses and furniture and just all these discarded things, yeah. you know, electronics, Um and that's another big issue in the world is that there's not any responsibility any for these companies that are creating anymore. They're just putting out, putting out, putting out, buy new, buy new, buy new, upgrade, upgrade. But we're yeah, just seeing know, it get uh, dumped uh, in the trash. Yeah, definitely right. On the other side of that, I think a positive note is we have some uh, global big, big manufacturers starting to reach out to us and uh, and saying, you know, how can we be part of this? Because and if you look at why, uh, Elon Musk has already said that if you own a Tesla, 
it'll become part of the Tesla rental fleet someday. So he's going to flick a switch and you're going to be able to just, people can rent your car. So now, you know, you're going to have one friend that owns a Tesla. They're going to be telling you how much money they're earning with their car. You're going to have your other friend that maybe owns a Ford or a GM, and they're going to be talking about the monthly payments that they're having to pay out every month. So when Elon Musk does that, that's going to change how people view ownership. And I think that will encourage more sharing. Wow. And when you, like we're talking to the CEOs of big manufacturing in farming, uh, in leisure, and they say they know this is where it's going. Like they don't want to be like Hilton Hotels getting beat by Airbnb, right? So they want to get ahead of it. Uh, they say, we know we may sell less units, but we want to have a positive impact on the world. And this is where it's going anyway. So we might as well get there yeah. first. So we're starting uh, pilot projects with some big manufacturers. Uh, so that's hitting it. Yeah. And that's hitting it right from the top. Yeah. That's hitting right from the top. So I think that's going to be big. That's so the the statement about changing the the view of ownership. And I think that's, that's the key right there. Cause I, I read recently about, uh, uh, housing in, in, in Europe, specifically Germany, uh, where I think they said 90% of people rent. It's not a buyer's. People are happy to rent. It's set, the society is set up to rent houses. And we're here, we're told, you know, first of all, that's the way to build wealth in America is to buy a house, but it's buy, buy, buy. Everything is you have to consume and buy. And I think if you can flip that switch, <laughs> I'm having trouble talking, flip that switch. Uh, and get people to think differently <laughs> about ownership. That is, that's that's the key, I think. Harder for older people. Like I'm 52, so when I grew up, you know, our trophies were houses and cars and you know big things. Uh, I think if you look at the younger generation, their trophies are Instagram pictures uh, and experiences. So I think they have it right. And so I, you know, and we can we can see that in you know who books an item tends to be a bit older because, you know, they want to make some money and they've got items sitting around. The people booking the items tend to be younger. And, you know, we introduced Ruckify Express because what we found are the younger, like they don't even own cars. They want that canoe just to show up. They want to use the canoe and they want it to be gone when they're done with it. Just, you know, they think it's like Uber Eats. So we have to make it, again, it's all about making renting easier than owning. And that's, so that's the delivery side of it. So you can either pick up an item for free or pay yep. to have it delivered. Yeah. And we facilitate the delivery. Again, we're just utilizing the existing uh, cars. So, you know, we're only an aggregator of existing third-party delivery services. So it's not like we're adding cars to the road. We're not, you know, so it's we're, literally, it's just utilizing that. So another yeah, form. Those, those Uber and uh, Lyft and delivery drivers are all like, they got every app open on their dashboard and they're taking whatever job comes around and, uh, you Including know, trying to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's good to, to tap into that. Yeah. Steve, you really have thought of everything. You guys have thought so passionately about this and it's, it is such a great idea we love your idea. We can't wait to shout it from the rooftops. Um, we are so excited that it's in Nashville as well. You said it's in Austin, Nashville, uh, Denver, and where else well, right we're now? actually in, we've got over 800 items in over 226 U.S. cities. But, uh, you know, those are items that are there. In terms of, we're, we've got over 8,000 items in 24 U.S. cities. And we're very focused right now on four U.S. cities. 
so Denver is another one as well. Okay, great. Yeah, no, well, those are three amazing cities. I'm going to say right now that Austin, Nashville, and Denver, yeah, you can go ahead and group yeah, those right. together. Good choices. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we just... We're gonna we're gonna close out with just basically um, letting everybody know that this is available to them, especially in Nashville, our home city, and hopefully it'll be global. You're gonna start hearing about Ruckify all the time because this is the future, and it's the easiest way to make money, save money, save space, and you're you're helping the environment. I mean, not even helping, but you're helping yourself. Because if we don't save the world, if we don't save the planet, then, I mean, there's not really much left for us anyway, right? Is there anything you want to leave with us, Steve, today? Yeah, this is, no. We had such a blast talking yeah, to you. Yeah, I really enjoyed so it. Exciting. Thank you very much. I mean, absolutely love Nashville. We went there for my wife's 50th birthday. And uh, I left there saying, man, we got we got to be ruckifying in Nashville. It's just an awesome city. We should definitely yes. get together next time yes. you come in Nashville. We'll love to get together with you guys. Um, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And... Hopefully, see you, uh, see you pretty soon. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Steve.